ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back in to the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank coming at you on a Friday. NCAA Regionals getting, uh, excuse me, Super Regionals getting started today. LSU's um, uh, LSU's Super Regional matchup with Tennessee starts tomorrow. We're going to talk about that with our guest now, host of Top's Take, Brad Topham. And um, before we, we we talk about the Tigers baseball team, though, Brad, and 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 the reports about Pat Casey, what what super regional aside from the Knoxville one kind of has your interest peaked the most? What what are you what are you looking most forward to this weekend from a college baseball standpoint? Well, first of all, good morning, and second of all, I am really looking forward to two different regionals. One of them is simply because of the LSU attachment. I'm looking at the uh, the non-P5, Scott. You know, like how does that affect LSU moving forward their coaching search? Because people want winners. And having a, a, a super regional where, you know, no P5 team in it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I get that part of it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about LSU's coaching search in a moment, but let's talk about the Tigers' matchup with Tennessee. Uh, I, I know you've you've watched LSU at times this year amidst your busy work schedule, hosting Tops Take, being the color analyst for Rage Cajun Baseball, and running the Jambalaya Shop, of course. But uh, what what's this this kind of late surge by LSU? We've seen in the past. This team performed well later in the season. Um, the win one for the Gipper, uh, that is at play right now with Paul Maneri. I, I, I don't think that can be understated. What's your take on LSU, uh, their performance at the Eugene Regional, and kind of the momentum they're riding heading into this Super Regional against Tennessee? Well, the one thing nobody wanted to hear about LSU, because like you always, anybody will tell you, you call a good reason is still an excuse. LSU was young in a year of old college baseball. There's no other way to put it. You saw LSU ran four true freshmen out that gained significant innings during the year on the mound. Now, what Dylan Cruz did, what Trey Morgan did, that that isn't an uh, unexpected in LSU. But to have that many true freshman arms be that good, yeah, that's a surprise. Um, I think more and more people came out and realized that Dylan Cruz, I've been saying Dylan Cruz, the only name that will be in his category when he walks out of LSU is Alex Bregman. He is that good. And I'm not surprised. It was a matter of the Central Connecticut game. Now, when they won that game, I really believed LSU was playing on Monday. Now, when it comes to a one-game take-all, nobody, anybody tells you they know what's going to happen in the line. But – once they beat Central Connecticut, I really believe they were winning the next couple. It was a matter of would they have enough arms who would bounce back. But, uh, no, I'm not surprised. And, you know, Scott, to do a little the old, quote, magical run, sometimes you need a magical player, and Bianca was that player for him. Tell you what, man, they, uh, yeah, uh, it seems like they've had a couple of, of, of magical – I mean, Gavin Dugas with the – uh, MVP of the Eugene Regional, the way he's hitting the ball right now to get, you know, guys at the back end of your bullpen that hadn't pitched much to step up in big moments. 
I don't know if, you know, the term playing with house money. Like, do you feel like sometimes if a coach says, hey, this is it, I'm, I'm hanging it up when all is said and done, maybe there's a little more pressure. But with LSU being, you know, one of the last five in, we'll call it that, uh, into the postseason, and I guess Maneri, you know, announcing his retirement, it, it feels like they're playing with house money. Like, it feel, they just they feel like they're playing loose. That wasn't the case in their first game against Gonzaga. That was, that was bad. But I don't know, between that comeback against Central Connecticut, winning an extra innings, and the, the, the win over Gonzaga, the two wins over Oregon, just felt like they were playing really loose and, and not, not overthinking it. Well, you know, you say house money and went to retirement. Think about it like this. If you're Vanderbilt and he announces his retirement, if you're Arkansas with Van Horn, I would actually agree with you with the pressure and people kind of would struggle. I think LSU, by LSU standards, and look, the kids that sign with LSU come in expecting greatness. They don't expect to be fighting for a three seed in a regional in Eugene, Oregon, right? So for me, the fact that they basically underperformed, took the pressure off of them, and gave them a purpose. You know, you've, you've heard about athletes. When they play with a purpose, things are incredible. We see it every year with uh, contract year players in, the, in pro sports. Well, LSU underperformed. They know it. And now even people, if you can understand what I'm saying, that maybe don't like Maneri, even players that he's not their favorite coach, there is a certain sense of, oh, my God, this is his dude's last year and I'm letting him down. Even if they don't like him, there's still a feeling of guilt when people have character. And that's why I felt if they won that Central Connecticut game, they were going to turn it on, and they had a real shot. Um, yeah, house money is a good phrase. I don't think there's any pressure. And because people are overvaluing Dream Sweep early in the year, I think there's even less pressure on them to win. Uh, yeah, you, you mentioned some about even for the guys that maybe Maneri wasn't their guy. They all kind of are able to ride this. I mean, Maneri is – um, like like any like any head coach, he's going to have some players that speak highly of him, and others that are like, you know, we didn't always gel. But I'll I'll say this: he's I've never gotten a vibe from anyone there that didn't didn't at least have some respect for him. I mean, he's he it it feels like he's done things the right way during his time there. One thing about Maneri, like, there's things he's done I, I don't agree with, and I'm sure he doesn't lose any sleep that I don't agree with him. But he is who he is. He is perfect for the LSU fan base. And, again, that includes me. That includes crazy fans like my dad. He is there to win games and churn out pro athletes and hopefully along the way do not get in trouble and embarrass the school. I mean, that's really what it is. And that's what big time, most big-time, high-money college programs want. They want to win, give us the great athletes, and go on about your business. And that's what Maneri's done. I don't think he's ever hit it. And the reason I say for guys that maybe Maneri's not their favorite is because, I mean, he bails on guys or he runs them out or, you know, guys don't get an elongated chance. That's why I love Bianca because Bianca is a guy who has never put it together. Gavin Dugas is great. He had 19 home runs this year. He put it together. Bianca never has. And Bianca, without question, was the hero of that uh, those two games against Oregon. And now his dad, uh, the head coach at Ole Miss, will be in Tucson. That'll be a fun Super Regional, Arizona at Ole Miss. Well, in terms of the Knoxville Super Regional at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, 
Uh, LSU, Tennessee tomorrow, 6 o'clock, ESPN 2. Uh, and then they'll play on Sunday and potentially Monday in a game three. But uh, Tennessee swept them during the regular season all the way back in March. It uh, Every game, I think, was two runs or less. So it was a competitive series. But um, when when there's that much time between games, Brad, and, you, I mean, college baseball, I mean, we could just look at the Cajuns, you know, look back to that series against Tulane and then look at the end of the season and all the things that changed. Like, how much can you take from that series back in March? Because I keep hearing it. Well, you know, they got swept by Tennessee. How much can you actually take from that series and and draw a, a parallel or, or I guess, a, you know, in-tune analysis for what's going to unfold here this weekend? Um, I think you can draw characteristic attributes, and that's it. In other words, okay, the ball, the ball, these pitchers, all right, this guy really does hide the ball well. we got to focus on this. Hey, this guy, I don't care what he does, the ball is going to carry further. It jumps off his bat. That's it. Because, Scott, you, you're talking about UL. I mean, look, Ben Fitzgerald, prime example. That catch through 30 games is up for MVP of the conference. And then he scuffles down the stretch. Through about 20 games, Drake Osborne's hitting 090 yeah. against right-handed hit pitching. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, he's hitting 340. You know, you, you can't go by that stuff, the mechanical stuff. But you can go by the attributes. All right, I know what his, this guy's best fastball looks like. Man, this guy's two-seam does this when it's on. We saw him on. We, you know, like that. So I think that's what you take from it. Other than that, dude, come on. Can you remember what you were doing in late March? I mean, seriously, like on a day-to-day basis? I don't remember what I was doing yesterday, Brad. I was doing something with my kids. <laughs> I was packing. I was it. trying to just, just get through the day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, something to remember, too, is you look at those games that people may not remember. Number one, they moved up the Sunday game to Saturday, and the SEC, you played sevens. So Saturday's two losses that went 11 and went nine were actually seven inning games that went over. Right. Right. That was one of the issues that had happened. Um, or, no, I'm sorry, it was a nine and a seven. I apologize, a nine and a seven. And that's part of the problem. You know, the other thing is the game that the LSU, look, they gave up. They lost three to one when Marshall on the hill. They lost three to one. I have some quote with eight latest on the hill. And they got beat up pretty bad runs-wise. They gave up nine but scored eight. That's the game Jaden Hill pitched and got lit up. The very next outing was Vanderbilt, where by the end of the first inning, his, his ligament was gone, and he's having Tommy John surgery. You know? So the point is, their best pitcher, who they depended on, had his worst outing right before everything going bad. And even in that game, they put up eight. But they lose in 11 innings. So for me... Everything was bad about that series, and for Tennessee, that was the coming out. After that, they were ranked in the top ten now. People started to buy in a little bit, and they didn't stop rolling. So for me, they're coming in on high, and LSU's coming in to prove something. I, I look at Brad Topham, our guest, ESPN 1420, is the great Scott show. I mean, with respect to Oregon, who's a very good hitting team, uh, Tennessee is better. I think LSU, I think Maneri um, – I think his retirement begins sometime either Sunday or Monday. I, I don't see LSU winning the Knoxville Super Regional. Uh, I think Tennessee is – I just it's not about LSU. It's, for me, it's more about the volunteers. 
what 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 odds do you give? What chances do you give LSU of getting to the College World Series? Uh, if Landon Marshall wins his pitches well, goes seven and wins that start, man, it's fifty fifty, and I I really mean that because one of the things I saw that was impressive, if you I don't know how much you were able to actually stay up and watch the uh, Oregon game. But the back and forth in that game, a bad character team that didn't believe they could win would have, would have fallen apart. I mean, they lost the lead multiple times mm-hmm. and got it back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, I think LSU's got a, a, probably, I guess a better shot than what you're thinking. Just in my opinion, because I feel like LSU – the way they came back, the way they did not die when they had a chance to die, for me and for that reason, I think LSU, look, again, it's Marceau. If you win Marceau's start, and by the way, I've been looking, I still haven't found it for sure yet, when does Marceau's start matters? Because here's the other thing. Mikhail Hilliard has, arm pro- has had arm problems throughout his college career. Mikhail Hilliard only threw 65 pitches on Saturday. They brought him back. He was good for one inning. The next guy is Marceau. He threw 100 on Friday. You brought him back for 47 on Monday. We have seen when Spencer Aragetti was on slightly short rest. We have seen games like that. The reason I'm bringing that up is this. What does what do they look like when they're on short rest? And when does Maneri use them? Does he hold Marceau till Sunday to give him his best chance to get recovered? Or does he use him right? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's what I want to know. I need to know how he, when he's going to use him. And if he holds more so, I truly believe that's going to help him a ton. And if he holds more so until later in the week, I, I really believe he's going to be in good shape. Brad Topham is our guest. Look, I, I, I think Tennessee wins this, but, um, you know, if LSU does, I'd be very happy for Maneri uh, if he gets to go to Omaha for his, uh, his last hurrah. Maneri – Talking about it earlier, some weren't fans, others were. I just think he, he carried himself well. You never had to worry about a scandal with Maneri, right? Like, no. that, that, that would have seemed kind of shocking, and I think that's I think in college athletics, that's important. That's a nice thing to have, especially at LSU with, you know, um, the, the national light that is, that is kind of the shadow, if you will, that's over them right now for, for things in the past. So when I saw Kendall Rogers' report on Wednesday of this week that the leading candidate was Pat Casey, who's 62, who undoubtedly is one of the greatest college baseball coaches ever. I mean, he won 900 games at Oregon State, was the coach of the year five times, and won three national championships. I I, I didn't immediately think of that. When I saw... Oh, uh, Dwayne Casey, I I scratched my head. I was like, I'm sorry, Pat Casey, I scratched my head. I was like, wait, what? Like the guy that retired in 2018 that said he was tired, but there was a lot of negativity, even though they won the national championship, about his support of Luke Heimlich, who was, if those that don't remember, a pitcher at Oregon State that during the uh, 2017 postseason, the Oregonian, uh, the newspaper over there, discovered that in 2012, Heimlich had pled guilty to one felony count of child molestation with his six-year-old niece when he was 15. 
Um, and Heimlich, you know, just to get all the facts out there, I don't want to glaze over anything. Heimlich said he didn't, he never told Casey until right before the story came out because Oregon State got a heads up that it was coming out. Um, and, and Casey stood by him, didn't want him to leave the team, but public pressure forced Heimlich off of the College World Series roster. So he didn't go, but he came back to the team next year. No one wanted to draft a, you know, a, a guy that had been connected connect you know uh, charged with a felony of child molestation and then the next year casey and the president at oregon state let him on the team and they went on and won the, the college world series and uh heimlich was not drafted and it wasn't because of talent it was because of his you know molestation years years prior that was behind the curtain for so long and i think you know casey's constant support of him having him back on the team and then retiring right after that season it just it, I, when when you when the first thing i thought of when i saw the name pat casey was a player of his that was charged with child molestation that he he took a lot of heat for standing by the kid that's not a that, that's not a good thing if the first thing that comes to your mind is that that's bad that's the first thing that came to my mind not the 900 wins and the, the three national championships. And on top of that, Brad, and I, I know you got a lot to say on it. This is the last thing I'll say. And look, I get it. I get it. Yesterday, Wilson Alexander uh, from The Advocate, who's been on the show a number of times, he, uh, he, he reported last night that, that Casey is unlikely to become LSU's next head baseball coach, citing some sources. And, and perhaps that came because of, you know, the – the pulse that LSU maybe threw out a feeler and was like, oh, okay, yeah, everyone kind of thinks this is a bad idea for obvious reasons, and it was. So, yeah, I, I okay, so they're not going to do it. But I still, it, they still, the fact that they're even thinking about it, Brad, is ridiculous for the reasons I just mentioned. And then on top of that, there's something else to consider. Of, aside from the most obvious reason it was, it was a really bad idea that they're apparently not going to go through with, He's 62. Maneri's 63, and he's retiring. Like, it's, it's not like, you know, when they hired Maneri, he was still in his 40s. It's not like you're, I'm sure this guy, you know, who is, again, reportedly, according to Kendall Rogers and, and Wilson Alexander, the lead candidate, it's not like he's a guy that you could imagine would be there for a long time. So you're going to get someone for potentially a short period of time that brings, um, some confounding baggage with him. I, I don't like it. I'll just say it. I don't like it. And again, I know that, again, the report last night is that they're not going to go in that or they're unlikely to go in that direction. But, man, what, like, what the hell were they even thinking? What is what we're thinking? Well, you know, when you asked me about the regionals, I said I'm looking at the non-P5 regionals. And one of the reasons is I'm looking at the East Carolina team going to Vandy. East Carolina is coached by Cliff Godwin. He's 43, I think, and that is the kind of coach I want. Coach that's built, coach that's hungry, and a coach that's done it at a level a little bit lower, meaning they know how to go get the players because they turned East Carolina into a perennial power. Yeah. That guy is on the upward trajectory of his career, not a guy that got out. Man, you didn't get out because you were tired. You and the president are gone. Let's do the math on that. There's a reason your butt's gone, all right? Just do the math. There's a reason you're out because you stood by a kid who lied. Either he lied to you 
by a lie of omission, by not telling you, which, by the way, for those that don't know, it was actually only found because of clerical snafu. Because in his plea deal, according to the kid, he didn't do it. He pled guilty to save family members, basically. According but, to the kid, right. Even though he had a written confession that he did, he yeah. years later claimed he didn't. And you, you, you dig, I, I'm sorry, just, and then you dig deeper into it, and the family members and the mother of the child is uh, basically calling him very much a liar. I mean, it's just, just yeah, to, to exactly. get it all out there. So there's all that. And I mean, so I know some people might hear part of the story. That's why, I mean, full disclosure. Oh, yeah. But Casey brings him back. And the only reason anybody found out was during uh, just a simple process of just digging through stuff, a clerical error was made, and someone forgot to keep it out because that was part of his plea deal. It was never supposed to be made public. So he never told I mean, he never told the guys at Oregon State. And then you come out and you defend him. I'm sorry, Scott, you and I will never know this, and I guess it's casting aspersion, but I'm going to do it anyway. If the cat was the, the bullpen catcher, if the cat was me, cat, I'm gone. There's no way he's going to risk his career based on, on somebody that wasn't an 11 and one first future first round pick all American pitcher. There's no way he risked his future and everything else. And yeah, with everything going on in Baton Rouge, with everything going on with which is not done yet with all the Title IX stuff, the first thing you're going to do is even interview that the minute he gets hired, he'll be fired within 36 hours. So is Scott Woodard really going to do that to himself? When there's really good candidates like Link Jarrett at Notre Dame, like Cliff Godwin, who used to be at LSU, right. at East Carolina. I think it's idiotic. Cliff Godwin, I'm oh, sorry, Cliff Godwin, Jim Schlossnagel just left TCU for A&M. You know what he's going to make A&M? A good program. Is there any chance I believe A&M is going to win a national title now? No, I don't. I don't think they're going to, get, they're going to win a national title. I don't think they're going to be any better. I think they'll be more, sorry, they'll be more competitive. They will not get where they want to get with that guy as a head coach because that guy doesn't have that fire. I just don't believe it. You need somebody at LSU that's younger, that has fire. There, there wasn't a single thing about the Pat Casey story that seemed like a good idea. Everything about it was a bad idea. And obviously, I guess at some point, maybe the light went off and they're like, yeah, maybe it is a bad idea. But and that's why, you know, they're, they're according to Wilson Alexander, not going to hire him. Uh, but, but man, like, like there's nothing. I, I can't, I, I, again, when I saw it, I was like, really? Like, I mean, you bring up Godwin, and maybe he doesn't want to leave East Carolina because that's where he's from, and that's, you know, that's where he played. I don't know, but you better make the call. The guy's only gotten him to Super Regionals multiple times. They're back. He's, he has a history at LSU on Maneri's staff yeah. early on. Like what I, I, I and, and like you said, forty three. There's just nothing of like Kim Mulkey's different and 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 while some find her polarizing, I mean, you don't have the baggage that Casey does. I mean, it's not no, no, nothing. There's like some people are trying to say, well, they, no, there's no comparison there in my mind. None. Yeah, and the people that compared Kim her, Kim Mulkey to him, first of all, even to Kim Mulkey, that's a disservice because I don't think she ever had a pedophile. Second of all, Kim Mulkey's from Louisiana. She coached at Baylor. She did not retire because she was, quote, tired. Correct. And she, and she has people on that team from Louisiana. This guy, look, you know as well as I do, when it comes to recruiting, I know you, I've heard you talk to uh, coaches on, the, on air. You have, coaches will tell you, I get names from people I trust. If I get the right person to tell me, hey, this kid is this, he compares to this, that kid moves up on my list. I got to see him myself, but I trust him. This is, South, this is Southeast United States, and I'm sorry, recruiting is the lifeblood. Look, I can be a bad coach, but if I got 
great players, I'm going to win some games. I, I don't look, Scott Woodward is, you know, he's done a good job as AD since he's gotten there at LSU, but I, I'm not, that doesn't, you're not going to get a pass from me on this. Not when it comes to something like, and, and just because he's now, you know, not a, a, according to Wilson Alexander, going to, going to hire Pat Casey. The fact that he was the strong leading candidate and Kendall Rogers, who's also been on this program multiple times, who's a guy I know. I mean, he doesn't make stuff up. Whenever he reports that Casey was absolutely a leading candidate, that means he was for, for a minute. So, okay, so they're not going to do it now, reportedly. It still doesn't. It, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't excuse it, man. The fact that they were even thinking like that is, uh, is just crazy. So, you know, maybe it's Cliff Godwin. I think you got to give that guy a call, no doubt. I, I'm glad you, you brought him up, Brad, uh, because obviously it can't be... <laughs> Can't be, can't be Casey and um, you know, and Kevin O'Sullivan kind of pulled his name out of the search uh, just you know this week as well. So we'll see what happens like this. That's Brad Topham, host of Top Stake. He's got much more on this Super Regionals and uh, NBA playoffs. All kind of good stuff coming up today. Two o'clock Top Stake. Good way to kick off your weekend. Top. I want to close with this. You own the Jambalaya Shop, and it's the summertime. We're in June. I know a lot of people are traveling. Maybe they're heading to the beach, the mountains, wherever they're going. Man, isn't it nice when you travel somewhere to just have dinner ready to go? You've got those buckets, whether it's the jambalaya, apostolic, gumbo, whatever. Like traveling and having a couple of your meals already taken care of and they're delicious. Like that's that's the way to go. And they can, how can folks that have never done it before, how can they get you to – basically cater a couple of their meals while they're on the road because it's easy to travel with. I don't know how you do it now with small kids, but for me, when I'm, my wife and I go to the beach, let's just say I'm not in any shape to be around sharp tools, fire, or get behind the wheel. I want to eat, and I want to make it simple. Uh, i got beach buckets. Basically, take a bucket, call us ahead of time. I'll get it cold for you, and all you have to do is pop it in if you get the, the, the value packs the office specials, the family meal deals, everything's included. Salad, side, plates, utensils. In other words, everything is throwaway. If you rent the beach house, you know you got to clean it. Bring this stuff. You just throw it all away when you're done and you go on about your business. You got good food. And look, with prices these days, you know, I don't know when you go on vacation with the family, but I got to imagine you hit up Disney World, you hit up some of these places, you're paying through the nose mm-hmm. for a lot of things. I know we go to Lulu's in Mobile, it's about $120, and Eileen and I go, I can't imagine going with kids. So this way you save money, you bring it with you, you don't have to leave the, the hotel, the beach house, the condo, whatever, and you can just relax. It's simple, and it's just one less thing to worry about. Give Brad a call, Jambalaya Shop, 337-534-4140, and uh, if you just need a good meal, lunch, dinner, Monday through Saturday, it's open Dine-in, take-out, drive-through, all there. Delivery, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, it is on the corner of Ambassador Caffrey and Congress, 4150 West Congress Street, next to Church's Chicken. Brad, man, I appreciate you taking the time, talking some baseball with us. Have a great weekend, man, and uh, we'll talk again soon, brother. All right, bro. Thank you.